0: Welcome to episode 28 of the Golf Betting System podcast. We are discussing the 2018 BMW PGA Championship on the European Tour and the Fort Worth Invitational on the PGA Tour. This podcast is for the listeners of 18 and above. I'm Steve Bamford, PGA Tour Previewer at Golf Betting System and with me we have European Tour expert Paul Williams. Good evening Paul. Evening Steve, how you doing? Yeah, very good. Amidst us we also have podcast pundit... Barry O'Hanrahan from a Good Talk Sport podcast. Good evening, Barry. Good evening, guys. Good evening, Barry. Good, good to hear from you. Right, as ever, some housekeeping before we move ahead. Golfbettingsystem.co.uk. That's the website. Search golf betting or golf betting tips and you will find us. Twitter handles. I am at Bamford Golf. Paul is at Golf Betting. Barry is at A Good Talk Golf. This podcast is available on podcast. Bean, iTunes, TuneIn for Android, Player FM and Podtail. And if you like the podcast, please subscribe to the show. It would be absolutely awesome if you could also tell one of your friends about the show. We want to keep the momentum going as our listenership continues to grow. Now, we haven't had any custom reviews on iTunes for a couple of weeks, so I'll also ask if one of you or whoever of you guys could actually uh, put some... uh, iTunes, customer reviews on there. It would be most appreciated. And uh, we pledge to read them out at the start of the show. Okay, pack show. Let's have a small recap, a couple of minutes. Um, Paul, congratulations on Adrian Otegi at the Belgian knockout. So a new tournament, a new golf course, and a new tournament format. And you go and nail the thirty-three to one winner. Yeah, it's good work. Yeah, pleasing. Yeah, I I, kind
1: of, I didn't really know how to play it, and we discussed this this time last week. And um, you know, we talked about the different strategies you can employ for this kind of event. And uh, I decided to go in the end with the uh, split stake, um, half of it on the the thirty-six hole uh, leader market and thirty-six outright. So, yeah, Tagi was the uh, the uh, the top pick of the three that I put up for both of those markets. And uh, yeah, he played really well, didn't he? He's, uh, he was solid all the way through the week. Um, he was seventh after the uh, stroke play element, so I thought I'd uh, scuppered my chances, really. But um, no, he held it all together, particularly in the final as well, when uh, he had a bit of a stroke of luck on the... which hole was it, the fourth, I think. But uh, other than that, he just uh, turned the screw. Yeah, very pleasing.
0: I can, I can remember you and I following that Benjamin... Ebear. at um, where was that? Was that was that um, uh, Woburn maybe? Was that at Woburn the year? I think it was Woburn, wasn't it? We saw him. Yeah, he's a good player. Followed well, him for a couple of holes. Yeah, he's a good player. He is a good player. Tree Line Golf Course. I think he did well that week, actually. Yeah, exactly. And and you met and and the the strand you got was that he was clearly in good nick and he'd won the match play tournament. Paul Laurie's match play yeah, tournament Ategi. to break his European into a duck. Yeah. Ategi
1: had and uh, yeah, he'd been playing yeah. some really consistent golf for the
0: last few months
1: and uh, he was runner up in Spain I think it was a few few weeks back And uh, but yeah that uh, Paul Laurie link seems quite solid because if you go back to uh, Afi Bainrat, he won that then went on to win the Super 6 which is you know, another one of these hybrid tournament formats and then uh, yeah, Ate- Ategi's yeah. done the same thing so and that's two wins for him now in the European Tour, both of them in a match play format of some description. So, uh, yeah, I expect it will be pigeonhole now, uh, pigeonholed now as a uh, match play expert. But he's got a bit more about him than I that. I don't know if
0: you, yeah, I didn't know if you if you saw it, Barry, but it was an absolute gem of a golf course. Beautiful, I, beautiful, tree lined, tight golf course over there near Antwerp, I think it mm-hmm.
2: was. No, I got to catch. Um, Good bits and pieces throughout the the, few, the weekend, anyway, for sure. Not so much uh, Thursday and Friday, but yeah, some some really lovely looking holes um, for the professionals. For us, that would probably scare us uh, silly, having to keep <laughs> a ball so straight. But yeah, the place looked in fabulous condition and uh, would be a nice one to play if you were in the area. Mm. And got to give credit to um, Thomas Peters and. Um, was reading up a bit about it today it was kind of his him and his family were the ones that really kind of ran the whole event yeah. um, and, and they pulled it off really well uh, I, I particularly enjoyed the rather than it being a hole by hole match play it was you know the stroke play match play kept a lot of matches really interesting mm. right until the last hole which was uh, yeah, kind it was, of refreshing yeah it was, yeah, it was really co- it? really cool to see yeah it, was, yeah,
1: it
0: added a different dimension to it I must say they 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 mention on the PGA Tour a lot that they're not happy with the way that the FedEx Cup series comes to its fruition. And there has been talk that I've, you know, you read articles and whatever about them trying to find a way where they could start the Tour Championship as a stroke play event and then get some knockout element into it. And that kind of format that we saw
2: in Belgium is something potentially the PGA
0: Tour could take hold
2: of. Mm. Yeah, Agree completely. I think it would be. Uh, I don't think they have anything to lose in having a go at a different format for the FedEx Cups. Uh, the fi- at least uh, the final um, event in East Lake. Um, yeah, why not give it a punt? If it doesn't work, mm. you've only lost a year.
0: No, absolutely. Uh, on the PJ Tour, of course, we had the uh, AT and T Byron Nelson. I managed to. Grab Brandon Grace, full each-way payout. He finished like an absolute train. Yeah, was flying, um, wasn't he, on the final. And day. that link that we discussed last week with the Open Championship last year, Jordan Spieth said that the course was very similar. Mm. And Hay Presto, you had both Brandon Grace and Mark Leishman, who finished in the top four, uh, five or six last year at the Open. Then... Uh, contending this week over in uh, Trinity Forest. have to say that Aaron Wise, very, very impressive. Um, He looks like a real player that's going to kick on. The the way that he handled being in contention both at Wells Fargo and then on the next appearance on that golf course was particularly impressive, I thought. Mm. Yeah, he's a good player, isn't he? Good golf course as well and clearly the PGA Tour had said at the start we're going to make the course playable we're not going to scare everybody off and Leishman took real um, advantage of that in the opening round. He had the advantage of the draw so it was even more impressive that Wise won that and Grace got somewhere close they were on the wrong side of the draw. But it was interesting when when that course started to dry out and the wind was up on the Saturday all of a sudden it was a totally different beast. Mm -hmm. You know, I think it was 64 five or 66 was the best score anything around the sort of two or three under was keeping you well up with the pace where prior to that 10 under was was possible on that golf course and of course yesterday so you know it certainly links in the way that it needs wind to defend itself but I think that 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 golf course and that tournament's going to go from strength to strength in the future so that would be good to see yeah. right BMW PGA Championship and the Fort worth invitational this week clearly the european tour event at wentworth takes precedent this week in terms of stature and from where we're heading here so paul over to you uh, take us through the bmw pj championship for us
1: yeah so off to wentworth again for oh, what used to be the um the flagship event for the european tour but it's kind of taken a bit of a step back to a degree now isn't it with the um the rolex series which now uh, encompasses eight events and this is the first of the eight for the uh, season um and each one of these eight has a seven million dollar prize fund actually the final two ramp up a little bit i think they go up to seven and a half and eight but uh, but you get you've got the first of these big bucks events and uh, it's brought a few of the um decent players over so you've got Rory headlining the, uh, the field this week around about uh, well, between 7 and 8 to 1 with most of the bookies um, him and uh, Paul Casey are the two um, real headliners from the top 10 in the OWGR. and Casey's sitting there at the uh, 14 to 1 mark, so roughly twice the price. But you've got a decent undercard as well. You've got the likes of Fleetwood in there at 14s. Alex Norren, who was the uh, winner last year. And um, I was on Norren last year. And that final round, I don't know if you, any of you guys saw that final round from Norren last year, but wow, he just absolutely took the uh, took the field to pieces um, on the final day. With that Where was he
0: positionally?
1: going into that final round. Well, that was... He, he was way back, It he, he? was he? a long way back, because he finished... Well, it must have been... I forget how long, but two and a half, three hours, something like that. I can like remember that.
0: him sitting there for over two that hours, waiting for the finish. long, time.
1: So, yeah, he was... You know, he must have been 12, 14 groups back at least, something like that. And, um, yeah, he just sived his way through the, uh, the field. And... Uh, you know, just as he finished his round, and um, that's when the weather started to turn, and uh, you know, no one could get close to him. It was uh, it was like a perfect storm, particularly if you'd backed him like uh, like I had. And I know there were quite a few people on that week because he'd uh, he shown a decent bit of form. He'd uh, he topped GIR at the Players Championship um, a week or two before, so clearly his game was there or thereabouts. But um, yeah, that's um, you know, of, of the wins that you get, you get some bad beats. Um, Better on golf, but it's when you get one that's as sweet as that from as far back as that, it's uh, it's really nice. But yeah, so you've got the likes of uh, Fleetwood this week, Noren. Uh, Brandon Grace has come over. Um, you know, clearly he's had a big week over there in the States and he's, he's travelling straight over, but fair play to him for doing that. Uh, Francesco Molinari as well. Ian Poulter who's won recently. So you've got some decent names there Shane Lowry, Tyrrell Hatton, uh, Benny Ann. So, you know, there's a decent card. The likes of the Roses, the Stensons, are missing this week. And, um, you know, Rose used to be a pretty strong supporter of this event. And, um, yeah, he's, 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 he's playing stateside
0: at your event, Steve, I think, isn't he? Yeah, he's playing colonial, first time since 2010.
2: Yes. Yeah, an- he has to, though, doesn't he? Because of that one and four playing event if you haven't played it in four years. Mm. Yeah. So, yeah,
1: they've all got to juggle their. Um, the tournaments around haven't they, and they're schedule around to accommodate that. But uh, so, I think
2: it works
0: for him as well because he'll clearly play Colonial, then he'll play Muirfield Village, and then he'll have the week off before the U.S. Open. Mm-hmm. So it cuts down on the travelling. He can use his house in Orlando, and you can see why he's doing it. It does fit, and of course, he's got the British Masters this uh, this year. So. It kind of fits. Yeah,
1: yeah, it does. I just go back to some of the comments he's made about Wentworth over the years and how much he likes the event and how much he wants to support the event and how much he likes the course, etc. And uh, yeah, he's not here. But uh, let's say it may all be a one-off, as you say. He may well be um, uh, fulfilling his, uh, you know, his requirements, as you say, Barry. And uh, we're back to normal next year. We shall see. Um, anyway, back to uh, to Wentworth then. So yeah, we're at, uh, at Wentworth. We've seen some changes over the last few years. We saw the tw- two thousand and nine change from Els, which um, didn't go down particularly well. To be honest, it's uh, it's had a lot of uh, a lot of people moaning and groaning about it, particularly the you know, the more uh, high profile players, the likes of Stens, and who's uh, kind of walked away from the tournament as a result of it. Um, so they made some changes again in twenty sixteen, which effectively the the idea was to soften it and turn it. Back to a you know, something a bit closer to what Harry Colt originally uh, uh, had in mind for the course. So, um, you know, rather than these ridiculously deep bunkers that you could barely see out of, or if you were particularly short, sure you couldn't see out of, they've, uh, they've softened the uh, softened the bunkering. They've uh, you know, taken a lot of the lumps and bumps out of the greens and relayed them. Um, I know you and I have been Steve in the past. Um, it was getting to a point where there was far more poa in the greens than there was. Uh, Uh, there was bent grass and you know this this time of year um depending on the weather conditions they can grow the two grasses grow particularly different speeds so you know by the end of the days you know you and I walk around sometimes and the greens were in awful condition really um, yeah, 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 and uh, yeah. So they've relayed those. They're, they're yeah, pure bent grass greens, or they were last year when they uh, laid them. I expect over the next few years, the power will start to uh, creep back in. So they'll have to do some uh, renovations at various points. But uh, but yeah, I think generally the changes were well received last year. The winning score wasn't out of kilter. What we've seen over the recent you know the recent years, it was eleven under for for Noren, So they've managed to kind of maintain that. Um, whilst equally making the the course a little bit fairer and you know, less uh, less brutal when some of those uh, you know if you get caught the wrong side of a a bunker or whatever it's uh, it's not quite as unfair as it may have been before um, so this week we're looking at um, Decent weather actually for the UK. It's going to be up to around about 75 degrees Fahrenheit by the weekend. Um, sunny over the weekend. We're likely to see some uh, some showers over the next few days, and they could be thundery. They could be quite heavy, or they may see none at all. It's going to be a bit hit and miss in that area. But uh, whether that'll impact things massively, I'm not sure. They've got the sub air system there now, so if they did get a lot of uh, rain, they could uh, they could take a lot of the moisture out. Um, it will be relatively windy. There's going to be ten to fifteen mile an hour winds, and you know in some courses that's that's negligible. And on and around Wentworth, fifteen mile an hour wind can be really quite uh, challenging. Um uh, it's going to be coming from the east as well, which is an unusual direction for the uh, for the UK generally at this time of year. So it'll uh, be interesting to see how that changes um, club selection. And uh, I think some of the guys who are more experienced at playing Wentworth are going to going to be more, far more. Um, kind of au okay fait with that because the club selection is tough as it is around there with the wind when it does uh, swirl around, let alone coming from a different direction. And let's uh, say, yeah, 10 to 15 miles an hour is probably going to be uh, quite a challenge, I expect. Um, the thing we noticed, you know, you, we've all watched this event for a few years, and generally, a solid T to game games the kind of uh, first thing you look for in a player. Um, decent scrambling um if you look at the stats from the top five last year each one of the top five finished in the top eight for scrambling on the week which you know means that the emphasis really is for me it's an you know a strong all-round game you need to be competent enough from T to green but equally you need to be um decent enough round the greens to be saving your Saving your par when you you, you have missed a green in regulation and uh, you know getting yourself up and down and then when you've hit a green you're making uh, making enough putts you know you look at uh, Noran's stats from last year he was one of the best putters out there on the week but equally scrambled well and his tee to green game was strong enough without being exceptionally strong to uh, to get himself over the line on the Sunday. Um, the other thing to note and again if you look through the stats of the recent years or you know a lot of history from uh, from Wentworth uh, the far, the par 5s there are absolutely critical and um, you know we've all seen the the finishing holes you've got the two back to back par 5s which can make or break around and again you can be can be watching a, a a player who's coming down the the back nine who's a stroke or two strokes over par and you know that actually with a decent finish they can turn a potentially poor round into a into an average or, or a half decent round, just with a, a couple of birdies or a birdie and an eagle at the end. Uh, you know, there's there's scores to be made out there. And um, it's an interesting tournament because you know there are some strong players at the top that you can go for. I mean, I've I've, I've started to put together my team for this week. Um, just before I go into that, have you guys got any thoughts specifically about the uh, the week or the course? You go first,
2: Barry. Mhm. Um I'm just going to dive straight into a couple of players that I fancy this week. Uh I'm, I'm going to in typical uh, Barry fashion going to avoid the very top of the market. Mm. Um and looking at uh Andy Sullivan and Paul Dunn primarily. Mm. Um both playing very very well recently. Dunner has a history of going nice on tree line tracks and uh Andy Sullivan is extremely tidy when he wants to be with a solid if unspectacular record around wentworth so those would be my two and um, they'll definitely make them my team uh, beyond that um, a few on the shortlist that i just need to kind of whittle down would be kind of rafa cabrera baio yo and jorge campillo so um i can't i can't pick them all but um there there are the ones that are kind of in my mind at the moment um, have struggled to find anybody at long odds, um, but if I do come up with any, uh, I'll definitely yeah, uh, we'll tweet them out.
1: Yeah, Andy Sullivan's been playing some cracking golf, hasn't he? Just uh, you know, we talked about him again last week, and he's been playing himself into form by playing a lot of these smaller events, um, where you know, whereas a lot of other players have been uh, just putting the feet up, and that could well play pay dividends for Andy. He's well and truly on my shortlist. I haven't backed him yet. I've backed a few, which I'll go into in a second. But um, but yeah, he's it's a difficult one to avoid. Campeo, as you say, he's playing some decent stuff as well. Um, any thoughts from you, Steve?
0: Which grabs me as a particularly difficult tournament to. There seems to be kind of big variances between winners. Mm. And I think you often get that on these kind of classical setups because there's not just one single way of winning, is no, there? No, no, no. You know, it's not like Augusta where there's a certain kind of game shape you need. You need to be long, you need to be able to move the ball both ways, you need to take the par fives apart. You know, you, you can just see with different winners here, like Benny Ann, you know, real pure ball striker. Mm. But as Barry said you've still got the ch- you know the likes of Paul Dunn who doesn't hit nearly as many greens but he's got a razor sharp short game yeah it and makes the most you know of the opportunities that he has and he also you know can clean up you know when uh, when he's missing greens mm. They've just got an equal, you know, an equal chance of actually getting the job done. Yeah, yeah. it's it's an interesting one,
1: done because um, through the Open qualifying at woven over the last few years, he's absolutely dominated that. Some yeah. years, and I think he's won it yeah, won it three years um, in succession, or three, you know, three years out of four, whatever it was. The stat is that, uh, you know, and you look at his game, and you know, when you watch him on TV, he he can be incredibly erratic from the tee. But then his recovery shots can be outstanding, and he's putting Wow, well, he's, you know, he's one of the best putters out there, isn't he? So um, if he has a relatively strong week from tee to green, you can see someone like Dunn who's, you know, he's classy enough to win a BMW PGA Championship. I'll give you that.
0: It's interesting. I can see them. You know, at the top of the market, I can see somebody like a Grace who was top ten last year, but he was closer than that, wasn't he? He Was right up on the, yeah. with the pace, and then he he got the bad end of the of the weather on the Sunday. Mm-hmm. And we know with Grace, when he finds something and he can link tournaments together, and when he finds the putter, which he certainly did last week, he top putting, top putting average last week at uh, over in Texas. Yeah. yeah. You know, I know he's travelling and blah 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 but you just know with grace that he can go very well bang bang and it's the kind of level of tournament that I think would be something that he'd really um... he hasn't won one of these Rolex events yet has he? Nope. On the on the European tour no. so if I was going to take one of the shorter prices I think Grace would probably be the one that I'd stay on this week yeah 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 he's, I don't think Noran Noran hasn't got a great history of
1: defending no yeah he, he hasn't won he hasn't won when he's defending Um, you know he's he's, um, he's had a few opportunities as well hasn't he because you know he went for that purple patch didn't he where he was he was winning um, event after well, not event after event, but he won four events in relatively quick succession in 2016 I think it was and I mean, he, he hasn't equally he hasn't got an awful record when defending um, he has contended I've, I've, I forget which one it is but he, I'm sure he came third in one um, I'd have to dig it up um, but yeah the, the, the challenge always is the, the media requirements and the you know the, the time pressures that are put on you for being the defending champion and you know equally the pressure you put on yourself to, to want to perform as well and yeah, he's shorter than he was last year, as you'd expect. He's been playing some good golf as well, Norrin. So, um, you know, whilst you can't dispute his chances, if you're going to draw a line through him, then, you know, it would be on the back of that defending champion um, factor, I guess. Um, it's interesting you mentioned Ben Yang, because that was his debut here. And um, he's kind of, he flies in the face of a lot of the stats that you, you look at this event, because most of the winners have had a... Um, at least the top ten, or very close to a top ten, um, in the history of playing Wentworth over the years, and I think you need a bit of experience to um, understand how the how, how it plays, particularly if it's any anything other than um, you know very straightforward. And I think the year that Anne won, he won with a, a really low score, twenty twenty one under mm-hmm. or something thereabouts. It was soft that year; there wasn't much wind, and um, he played extremely well from tee to green that year. Um, and uh, you know, he, he kind of almost got away with it because of the conditions that year. When it's when the world's, the wind's swirling around, and the, you know it's a bit trickier. I think that then starts to play more into the hands of the guys who have some experience, either in those conditions or the
0: course or combination of. The he two. doesn't grab me as the best wind player on the PGA Tour when I've watched him over the last two years. No, I don't think he is. It it, it varies. The I mean, if you, if he's playing somewhere nice and wide and not tree lined, he can get away with it, yeah. but. Somewhere like Wentworth, I'm not hundred percent certain about. No,
1: nah, I think when it's soft and he's you know, he's got his um his disc distance control under control, then I think he's an extremely good player Ben Annan
0: a bit like the year McIlroy yeah, won yeah exactly is it, was that the year where he was kind of just made the cut and then the heavens opened Friday night like they just deposited about 40 millimetres of rain and all of a sudden it was a
1: often you'll see this, the, the, the fact when you know when, when Rory plays well it often is when the conditions are soft like that if you look at his record here actually you know other than the win he's got a win um, a top five I think and then just a, you know, a load of miscuts so, so clearly the conditions have to be absolutely right for him um, it's interesting because yeah. you're gonna. Yeah, it, it's it's unknown at this point as to how it's really gonna play because these no. these showers they, they might miss Surrey completely over the course of the next four days and it could be absolutely bone dry. You know, it's it's been warm over the weekend, um, in the area and it's you know it's it's gonna be warm over the next few days as well. Or they could get a big thunderstorm or two and it could you know it could make it absolutely sopping wet, um, and that could play straight into his hands. So. Um, you know, there's a few variables there for sure. Um, I've backed three players so far today, and there's a few more. I've, I've, got, I've got to cut my shortlist down, and similar to Barry, because you can't back them all. Um, I've backed Math- Matthew Fitzpatrick, who I think's on the um, uptrend now in terms of his form. Um, he started the year okay. He was third in Abu Dhabi, I think it was early in the early in the season, and then kind of went off the boil a little bit. Um, but there's a few signs since then. He's finished 14th at the Heritage. He was 38 for the Masters, but he stuck a decent rounding on the Saturday uh, of 67, I think it was on the on the Saturday. It kind of moved him through the field, and then he trod water on the Sunday, um, and then. Forty sixth of the players on his last start doesn't sound great, but it was fifth for Greens in regulation. Again, going back to that kind of uh, correlation we saw with Norrin last year, where he put a decent Greens in regulation performance in at the players and then um, uh, and performed well. Um, well, clearly, he won and one went with on his next start. So, you know, if you look at look at Fitzpatrick through his history, fantastic tee to green. We know he's won at Woburn he won at Crown Um Forty seventh year on debut, and then twelfth last year on his second attempt. So you know, I think he reacted positively to the changes that have been made to the course. Clearly, he's an improving player. Full stop. Um, and he's actually been putting quite well over the last um, few months. So I think with an improving greens and regulation game, his irons are starting to, to be a bit more dialed in. Um, decent putting. I think uh, Fitz could do well this week. And um, so he was the first one I backed. Um, secondly. Andrew Johnston, beef, who I've backed
0: a couple of times yeah. this year, and well, we spoke about him, haven't we? Yeah. About the fact that you, you you want him on a on a tougher golf course, yeah. tree line, yeah, exactly.
1: Yeah. It's um, you know, yeah. and he's been. I've he got him at sixty to one earlier, and it may well still be sixty to one available. Which I felt for him, given that his form has been strong. You know, again, he was ninth, nabby dabby, twelfth, No Man, um. He lost in the playoff to Matt Wallace uh, in India when I was when I backed him um 12th in spain you know these are decent decent efforts and i think since he's come back from from the states and he's focusing on his golf over here now and he's putting much more effort into that he's putting much more effort into his fitness if you see some of the stuff on twitter as well clearly he's far more focused um and you know he's hitting he's hitting 75 the greens he's putting around the 1.7 that's a, that's a recipe for a strong week round wentworth um mm. 7th year in 2016 on his second attempt and 21st last year when he was you know he was gallivanting backwards and forwards um, from, from the States at that point and you know living the life of uh you know, a, a superstar at, the, at that point in time, and uh, he still managed to finish 20, 21st Here, you know, as a, you know almost like a gimmicky, um, you know, it, it was. He's almost just yeah. attending for the sake of it. So, I could,
0: I could see Johnston going very well this week. Yeah,
1: and again, you know, if you're it to t- a tree line tracks. And um, Valderama was where he won his uh, single um, PGA European Tour <laughs> event as well. So, there's lots adding up to me for beef this week. Um, and the final one I've backed along the same lines as well um, is Son Kjeldsen. Now Kjeldsen's got a fantastic record at Valderrama. A couple of runners-up finishes. He's won there. He's got another fourth-place finish there. Um, and if you look at his record here as well, he's got three top ten. So you know if you're ticking the boxes of prior went with form, prior treeline form, yeah, it's all looking all looking positive. He struggled with some back injuries or a back injury earlier this season and. Uh, you know, he's he's taken a bit of a sting out of his uh, his form and he's he struggled a little bit. But um, it was interesting to see him play well, and it did catch my eye last week watching bits of the um, um, bits of the Belgian tournament. And um, he was third after the stroke play element. Um, he was at the time I forgot. I Didn't did note it down somewhere, but I think he was first for greens regulation, eighth for driving accuracy, something like that. After the two rounds, seventh for putting average. So the the whole all round game was working very nicely. Um, right. And, you know, from what he said, the back issues appear to be gone. So he didn't progress too far. I think he got through to the second round of the, uh, the match play. But by that point, it is, you know, if you get knocked out, you get knocked out. So be it. But his underlying game looked to be in much better condition. And, um, you know, and this is the guy who's won an Irish Open before. He's finished, you know, top 10 at the USPGA, the Open Championship, the Masters. He's got some, he's got some quality about him, um, Keltson. Um, and it's 140 to 1 I picked him up earlier which I thought given all of the factors he was well worth taking um, a chance on. So
0: He's a
1: plotter isn't he? he yeah he is a yeah, yeah. and you know you, you don't want him on a, um, a big wide long course you want him on something that's a bit trickier a bit shorter and um, you know where well, it's
0: not a, its not a surprise that he turned up last week in Belgium because, it, you know, you looked at some of those holes last week and it, you could have fooled me that it actually was Wentworth yeah. or it was actually Woburn. Yeah, precisely.
1: And, you know, to see him bounce back to form, because before that, you know, it's, it's a string of missed cuts and the odd, you know, made cut also ran type of... Uh, Type of finish. So um, to finish, I say for me the important factor there was he was third after the straight play element, and you know in in those two rounds he, he put um, he put a decent shift in. So um, that would give him a bit of a taste for it, and he has done well around here in the past. So you know at the price on offer, I felt that was a um, that was one worth taking. And um, a few more on the shortlist. Absolutely, Andy Sullivan, as Barry said, he's got to be considered. I think. Um, Tani Hara finished third here last year on debut and he's another tidy player. Um he's been showing a bit of form as well. He's a hundred to one at the moment you can get. Um and I think that's purely off the back of a miscut in his last start in China before that. He'd been putting some decent uh, decent efforts in on the European tour. Um and another guy that we've watched and followed round Steve at Wentworth in the past is Thomas Aiken, who's got the game for Wentworth. Um and he's got yeah. some decent finishes there in the past. Um and he's played, on occasion this season, um, some pretty decent golf. 8th at the Schwane Schwan- Open, where he was 3rd for GIR. 14th at the Sicilian Open, where he's 5th for GIR. Um, the problem is, you're getting with Aiken is he's missing a hell of a lot of cuts in between this. And his record here is similar. He's got three top 10s over the years, but there's a lot of missed cuts there. Um, so the chance you're taking for 200-1 to one is whether it's going to be one of those good weeks or bad weeks. But um, I might just uh, dabble with a uh, a small punt on Aiken as well, just to uh, satisfy my curiosity.
0: I think he has been gravitating up up some leaderboards of of, of late, hasn't he? Yeah, it? it's,
1: it's it's all or nothing. You know, it's um, it's either a, a decent enough performance or it's a missed cut. There's not there's nothing in between from him at the moment. But from a two hundred to one shot, if he misses the cut, you know you almost expect that for two hundred to one. If he finishes top five, top seven, whatever terms you can get out of the uh, the week from the bookies, then, uh, then then you know that ends up being a, de- a decent week, I think. So, so yes, that, those are the ones that I've I've either backed or still considering. So um, I'll uh, I'll form my final opinions on those other guys overnight tonight, and uh, the preview will be out mid morning tomorrow.
0: As ever, we'll um, we'll put the links through in the um, podcast description. Uh, if you're listening to this on Podbean, you can click straight through on both Paul's preview and myself, my preview. Um, the two the two tournaments this week are very very similar, really. If you, if you look at both mm. Wentworth and Colonial, yeah. Tree Line Golf Courses, um, Colonial's a bit tighter. It's a past seventy, just a smidge over seven thousand two hundred yards. Uh, tree-lined, two par fives, so there's a lot uh, of emphasis that goes on the par four scoring as you get on most par 70s. Um, It's a good tournament this year though. Um, It seems to have a stronger field and I expect that that, um, comes from the fact, as Barry said earlier, that the PGA Tour are getting players to add tournaments to their schedules Mm -hmm. And, you know, when you've got a a set of um, Colonial, then you've got the Jack Nicklaus Memorial Tournament next week and then you can have a nice week off if that's the way you want to play it before you go to Shinnecock or you could actually go to Shinnecock and do some, you know, some uh, some actual work on the course while others are at TPC Southwind. It's a schedule that probably works for a lot of these players. Mm. Um, So we've got the likes this year of Jordan Spieth, John Rahm, Justin Rose, Ricky Fowler, Webb Simpson, Jimmy Walker and Adam Scott at the top of the betting. And beneath those, uh, Aaron Wise, the winner from last week, Cantley, Kopka, uh, Kuchar, Dufner Schwarzel, who stayed in the States, he hasn't gone back to Wentworth. Uh, Deshambo, you've got Kevin Kisner, the defending champion. And then, you know, you've got the stats, the stats, boys' dreams, the likes of the and Hadleys, uh, the Emiliano Grio Truthers, they'll probably be on this again this week. Uh, Adam Hadwin's another who's got some really strong stats at the moment. So the actual, you know, Kevin Nard did well last week, hit a lot of greens, Chris Kirk's won him in the past, Louis Ooster's, and, you know, Louis's not uh, gone back to Wentworth. He's staying in the States for this one. So it is a quality field this week over at uh, the Colonial. Um, bent grass greens, and that's a huge sea change if you think it through. Um, we had champion Bermuda grass again last week at uh, Trinity Forest. And that at t Byron Nelson has normally been the borderline between Bermuda grass changing to grass greens, but that was another Bermuda grass tournament on the PGA tour last week. Yeah. So this is since the masters is this, this, you know, you've only had effectively in terms of pure grass, you've only had the masters and this is the second PGA tour event this year on pure grass greens mm-hmm. in the States. And we're almost at the end of May. So you might see some different faces and some different names Towards the top of the leaderboards because some players get on far better with bent grass setups than they do with Bermuda grass setups in terms of greens. One thing to also look out for here, and again this is something that as of Trinity Forest now playing the AT&T Byron um, has won't clearly be the fat uh, won't be fat moving forward. But if you actually look on the PGA Tour and you look at uh, grass mix. There are only two, or there only were two regular tournaments that featured Bermuda Grass, Fairways and Rough, and Pure Bent Grass Greens. And those two courses were TPC Four Seasons, the the old home of the AT&T, Byron Nelson, and this golf course at Colonial. And actually, when you look at previous winners of this tournament, and you look at their form at TPC Four Seasons, there's definitely... Um, I would say uh, you know it hasn't got to be a hundred percent correlation. You don't need to see a player that has a top ten or anything like that, of Byron Nelson. But you do see players that play well on both golf courses. Mm. Um, I'm just looking at my sheets. The likes of Adam Scott's won at both. Uh, Boo Weekly's done well at both. David Toms has done well at both setups. So there is some correlation there between the two golf courses, undoubtedly. Mm. Um, other trends that I've noted, it's one of those classical golf courses, and I, and I think it's very similar to Wentworth. You cannot just say that a certain kind of game shape wins year in, year out at Colonial. Some years, the likes of Boo Weekly win, where they're pounding the greens, putting okay, and you know they, 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 they play a very strong tee to green game and make enough putts to win. So, you know, if you were if you were linking that to Wentworth, that would be Paul's selection of Andrew Johnston this week. Yep. That kind of player. And then another year, you'll find that someone absolutely thrashes okay. it around here, barely hits any greens in regulation, but putts and scrambles like a dervish and gets the job done that way. Um, a prime example of that was Chris Kirk three years ago. So there's no particular way of winning round here, but if you're looking for a, some kind of trends that work. Um, The fact that every player here since 20, uh, I think it's 20, it was the year that Stricker won in 2009. Let me just read through it, it'd be easy if I did that. Stricker in 2009, he'd made six appearances here, his best finish had been 13th. Zach Johnson in 2010, four appearances, best finish of 9th. David Toms, 13 appearances, a 2nd, a 3rd and a 4th. Dustin, uh, Johnson again, uh, when he won the second time in 2012, clearly he'd won, he had a fourth and a ninth. Boo Weekly in 2013, five appearances, he'd finished ninth. Uh, Chris Kirk, five appearances, a fifth, a 14th and a 16th. Jordan Spieth in 2016, he'd had three appearances, he'd uh, finished seventh on debut and second. And last year, Kevin Kisner, three appearances, a fifth and a 10th. So you can see that top ten, top a top ten, top twelve finish here is highly advantageous when it comes to actually picking a winner. Yeah. Uh, the only one that goes against that is that was the reigning world number one at the time in 2014, Adam Scott, who won this tournament off the back of nothing better than 64th. But Adam Scott, of course, fulfilled a uh, fulfilled. The uh, criteria of becoming the first and only person to ever win the Texas Grand Slam—he's won every Texas tournament. Yeah. So you could kind of see that A. E. was world number one, and secondly, yeah. um, he, like he had Texas in previous yeah. in here yeah, previous in Texas. Yeah. So he's kind of one of those that uh, one of those outlying kind of stats. But that that top ten, top twelve angle is something that I've taken particular credence with yeah. this week, yeah. and you know. And it, these players, I'm sure, will be very popular. You can look at the likes of Chesson Hadley, who's playing some outstanding golf. Um, you can look at the likes of Adam Hadwin. You can look at Emiliano Grio, And when you look at their stacks, the strokes gained stats, some of the places they've done well in the past, you can, you can build a very, very good case around those players. But, fact of the matter is, none of them have ever finished in the top 10 around here. So that kind of puts me in a different angle of attack this week. Um, I'll tell you the four I'm going for. I'll work in boring um, price order. The one at the top of the market I cannot uh, turn away from. Statistically I've got five stats I look for here. Par 4 scoring, there's some long greens in regulation stats over 200 yards, some proximity to hole. But I'm also looking for players because these greens here are very, very small. And you read a lot of the interviews. If you're hitting greens, you've got birdie opportunities. So I do like a statistic. People that could convert putts of over 25 feet. Um, they haven't even got to be this year as well. It could be something they did last season, but there is definitely a link there across those kinds of statistics that you see year in year out here. Yeah. John Rahm ticks all five of the boxes I'm looking for. Um, if you're looking for a player that plays brilliantly on on classical golf courses, when you look at the Predictor poll, and um, when we, when I go to the Predictor model and I just map, you know, I look at the classical golf course variable on its own, yep. he's already ranking sixth in the field, or fifth or sixth in the field. He's only been playing on the PGA Tour two years. Yeah,
1: exactly. same now right those numbers, numbers.
0: And just. It, exactly those numbers just to explain those numbers are, are rolling five year numbers so clearly they're slightly unfair if you're a young player with little experience you're not going to have as many points but that's the way it rolls that stat and he's already in the top five for classical golf course um, yeah, results he, he likes the format the doesn't he
1: there's an interesting quote you put in your uh, preview which uh, alluded to that as well where you know he's clearly played a lot of that style back at home
0: over the uh, formative years of his golf and uh, I think I might have, you know that I've written, I've written that preview wrong, by the way, because I've said that he's, I've, have I said that, I mean, this is something we need to change. This, this is live on the hoof changes, uh, <laughs> listeners. But I think I've said that he's won four times in 22 months, but it's actually five, isn't it? Because he's won three times on the European Tour and two times on the PGA yeah, Tour. Quite possibly. And if you look at his European Tour victories, um, the earth course, as modern and as long as you want it, a golf course to play, He's won the Irish Open on a traditional Lynx golf course. And last, uh, last month he won the Open to Spagna after you know, clearly being quite tired after travelling from finishing the top five at Augusta. Mm. And that wasn't an easy golf course particularly, was no. it? You know, I, was, I was watching a bit of it again this morning. You know, A lot of undulations on those greens. Some of the greens were quite speedy. It wasn't overly soft, that golf course, even though they'd had a bit of rain in the build-up. He can win on different goals. Yeah, courses. he can. He's, he's
1: very versatile, isn't he? And uh, the only thing that we've kind of questioned with him is um, with the toughest of tests. You know, the U.S. Open style tests. Has he got the kind of mental uh, fortitude almost at this stage of his life and his career to, to, to do that? But um, that, that's a question for a couple of weeks' time. Um, but uh, yeah, for this week, for this week, clearly he showed last year that. Uh, that he, he could he could uh, get on with the course just what just uh,
0: the thing I don't quite understand is last year he was twelve to one favourite. Um, Spieth was ten or fourteen to one or something like that. Yeah. Um, so there's been that reversal in price. Um, I suppose Rahm was in slightly better form, but yeah. I don't think that the test at somewhere like TPC Sawgrass in his career right now. Where he can't be as aggressive off the tee, and that takes away a lot of his advantages. Mm. That, as we know, that clearly gets to him, and he actually played all right last time when he played there. I think he was top twelve or fourteen after round one. He was still in the top twenty after round two, and then he clearly had some kind of blowout, and he and and it and he shot seventy eight in round two, and it all it all went south. But um, he'd missed the cut when he came here last year, and still finished second. and it, And he says in those quotes that I put in the preview that. He likes this golf course because it suits a fade, which is his stock shot. Mm-hmm. And the trees are set in such a way that he can still power it over the trees and still use driver. And I think he said driver he used on 12 or 13 of the 18 holes. So, you know, if we're on a golf course where you don't have to play a certain weight, I think Ram is one to follow this week it's also noticeable I did check his own personal website this is his last appearance before the US Open Right. he won't be playing any more golf before Shinnecock Hills mm-hmm. and I you know in my mind if you're a top player for me you want to be using your last appearance to maximise your benefits yep. so you, you're going to give it a go aren't you just to see what's under you know, what's available yeah it's your last chance to do that isn't it so and he's a winning machine. Uh, and I look at some of the prices on players surrounding him at the top of the market, and you can't say that about all of the guys at the top of the market. So I'm definitely on Ram. I'm going for two more that really do kind of suit the mould of the type of winner that we have seen here in the past: Ace, Spieth, Kirk, um, Boo, Weekly, even what I would classify as a you know guys that have clearly like par 70 golf courses. I think Jason Duffner played exceptionally well at the Players' Championship. I know he was tied second with three holes to go and then he had a bit of a... A Siwoo Kim moment, <laughs> but actually, his putting that week had been very, very strong. I think he still ended up third for strokes going putting. Yeah, up, up uh, to that point, I'm like, I'm to I'm right at w- the end. And then,
1: uh, yeah, he was, he was quite vocal on Twitter, wasn't he? Because people were having a, having a pop at him about his Having a pop at him.
0: But, you know, he still he still got, uh, I think he still earned $450,000, so it wasn't all bad. And as he said, and those kind of things, I think, can inspire certain golfers. Mm. And just when you look at Duffner, if you look at where he's done well in the past, 2013 PGO Championship won that at Oak Hill. Again, a very tight tree line golf course, spent grass greens. And you just look at all the courses, where the likes of Spieth have done well in the past, a Kevin Kisner, um, a Chris Kirk. There is a definite correlation between where they've done well and where Duffner's done well. And I think with Duffner, when that, when that putter's hot on a... Classical, tight kind of golf course. He's a bit like Andrew Johnston in a way, I suppose, but probably a different level. Um, when those putters are working well, you've got to kind of stick with him, And you just know with Duffner, because of course he won the Memorial Tournament last year, again on a tree-lined golf course up in uh, Ohio. Um, you just know with some of these players just to stick with them when that putter's warm because it won't last for long, no. but just stick with them. So I'm going with Duffner. And... Um, Prices are still in the kind of gestation period, but I'm seeing anything up to. Uh, they're taking him seriously. 33 to 1, pretty much across the ball on Duffner. No. The other one I cannot uh, miss this week, and I've had a scenario, as you guys know, I pick players, they win the week after. I would hate for Zach Johnson to win this week because I, I thought he had a great chance last time out at the players, and he putted like Ray Giles. But as we know, you know, it's difficult sometimes. Putters can click very quickly and they often click on players at certain courses. And if you look at Zach Johnson's record here, it is absolutely phenomenal. And at the moment, I'm seeing prices of up to 50 to 1 on Zach Johnson at Colonial. And that, to me, is a price that's too big. So uh, I definitely like the look of Zach Johnson this week. And one at a bigger price... Uh, it's, I never like this player on Bermuda grass, although he has finished second at Eastlake a few years ago. But I do like this player on bent grass. And I also like this player on tight tree-lined golf courses, especially if there's a little bit of uh, receptiveness in them. Mm. And this was a question for you guys I was going to throw at you before we move back over to you. I'm seeing temperatures 35, 36 and 38 degrees Celsius uh, Colonial this week. Now, they're, they are astronomically high temperatures, right? For me, I cannot see a way that the tournament organisers in the PGA Tour will, at some stage, even if it isn't before the tournament, they're going to have to water that golf course, surely, with up to 38 degrees of heat on bent grass greens. Yeah. I can't, I, no, I don't know. I, I'm guessing here, but I think there might be a scenario that we kind of saw at TPC... Uh, sawgrass a few weeks ago, where they actually say, do you know what, guys, we need to water this golf course because these temperatures are going to get way out of hand. And as we know, the PGA Tour, they've got this pace of play. They, they want to make sure that we've not got six-hour rounds for TV coverage. Mm. I could see a scenario, potentially, where they actually go out there and give this golf course a hell of a watering Wednesday into Thursday, and the players turn up on Thursday, and all of a sudden, with no wind, because there's no wind forecast across the whole of the four days here, They've got a very soft golf course on their hands that they can really attack. And if that's the case, I think Danny Lee, who I, I'm seeing, he was at 100-1, to 1, but that's already been eked away. Um, I can see Danny Lee going very well here because he's got a great course record at Colonial. And we've seen in the past at places like... Uh, uh, the Greenbrier Classic he's done very well at the uh, Bridgestone Invitational and he when he finds form Danny Lee he's very very streaky and he's definitely 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 a soft golf course and a bent grass green golf course positive player Yeah. so I think there's something about Danny because he was second heading into the final round at the players the other week he said something had clicked in his game he's been working with new coaches all of a sudden he's hitting greens he's making some putts I think someone like him with a uh, a boost in confidence could go very well, and uh, he's had a couple of top tens here already at Colonial. Danny Lee, so he's my uh, the my bigger price guy of the four. Yeah, those are the four I'm going to go for. Yeah,
1: it's certainly um, it's certainly started to be a bit more prominent. Danny Lee, hasn't he? so I can see I can see the logic with that for sure. It's interesting to see how they do play the, the greens because. Um, they clearly they've got to, got to keep them alive for the start. they they're, they're thirty
0: eight degrees they're, for Saturday and Sunday. Yeah, you know, that's they're, relentless. They're,
1: they're, bent, they're bent. grass. They're not Bermuda. They're not you know. They're not the hottest weather uh, greens. So um,
0: no,
1: I, I suspect that, you know overnight they're gonna have to water them regardless. Um, as to how much they put on remains to be seen. But I suspect that will make um, Thursday morning at the very least um, the you know receptive and. Uh, you know they'll do everything they can to make sure the tournament starts off on the right foot. So for first round leader leader punts, if the uh, if the wind conditions, as you say, are going to be pretty um, placid, then uh, the early starters on Thursday could well be the mm-hmm. could well be the trick, as it will undoubtedly get firmer and faster during the course of the day if it's uh, if it's baking these surfaces like that.
0: I wouldn't be surprised if it's one of those, like we saw the other, oh, you're going to read these things, oh, it's playing firm and fast, and all of a sudden, Thursday morning, someone shoots nine under, and it's like, well, why I to the firm and fast? Yeah, then? Yeah. Mm. Yes, we shall see. Any that, risk- you fan- any that you fancy, boys?
2: Yeah, it is. It, I, they will have to water the course, like otherwise they'll lose a bank grass course on, under those temperatures, so... Um, yeah, unless unless they're uh, digging up the whole thing the week after to <laughs> rebuild it again, they can't let it go that yeah, they far. Can't do so that. Yeah, they can't do no. that. No. Um, initial thoughts. Um, I, I'm, I'm interested in Adam Scott. He's you know he looks really confident now that he's brought back out the um, that massive broom handle, handle putter. You know, there's a lot of parts of his game coming together. He just missed out on um, the U.S. Open qualification by getting into the top 60. Yeah. By yeah. one sh- one shot. Yeah. And what was it? Do you remember when Polter missed out on getting into, what was it, the match play?
1: Yeah.
2: Or was it the Masters? Yeah, sorry. Polder missed out on getting into the Masters by one, one spot and went yeah. out and won the next week. Yeah. Motivation. So... Yeah, there's there's kind of when well, there's a similar trend in that story there. So,
0: what does Scott need to do to get in now? Does he have to win a tournament, or do they recut the top sixty again? Uh,
2: I'm not sure, but they made such a fuss about it last week. It seems to me that might have been a cut off a- for a rankings point of view. I'll just have a quick look while you're talking.
0: Yeah, have a look at that, Paul. Because if it's if it's a case where he kind of has to win, you, I can see that. And do, don't forget, I tipped him up last week. And as we said, I, I do have a great history of picking people the wrong week.
2: Just pause for a sec while I unload my entire account on him. <laughs> he, he, he he
0: he just he just I mean, I I, I I heard this many times on the Pat Mayo show. He says being on a player like Adam Scott is so frustrating. I was on a train on Saturday, on Friday, into London, and I'm sitting there watching, you know, the old scoreboard ticking over on PGA Tour app, and he knocked it to three feet, and you're thinking, yeah, birdie." And next thing, it updates, and he's he's made a, he's made a five because he's missed the three footer. Yeah. And that happened three times in the first thirty-six holes, and you just te- you tear your hair out. Yeah, now that doesn't mean he doesn't putt better this week. But T no, to but Green, he, T to Green, his game is exceptional right now. Absolutely, couldn't, he couldn't. He
2: can't. He, can, he can't. have been awful last week because he finished tied ninth. So, you know, for for him, he just needs to have uh, a tour average or slightly better than average putting week. To contend it, with his ball striking, it be so. as
1: simple as making those three, four, five footers that is he is missing. Oh, yeah, Yeah,
0: exactly. There, there were three shots straight down, straight down the uh, Swanee, and don't forget, he he turned after thirty-six holes in fifth spot. He was minus ten. If he'd have cut those three mistakes out, he's sitting there at thirteen under, which wasn't a million miles
2: behind Leishman. Yeah. No.
0: So yeah, it's very small,
2: minute details, uh, it's the finest margins, time tiny things um, another couple who I'm not sh- I'm not convinced I will back them but Shambo and Canplay. Um be interesting I don't know I'll have to just check their experience here and uh, whether I actually pulled a trigger on them and um, Adam Hadwin was another one I think you mentioned him there a little bit ago Yeah. he's um, he's playing quite well at the moment and uh, yeah he sh- he's available at pretty nice odds I think just just to
0: clear up this top sixty, yeah. Uh, it the top sixty point leaders and ties as of the June the eleventh. Again, in the official world golf rankings. Yes, he's got a couple of weeks, isn't he? Or three weeks. So or he's school. got two weeks, and I know right. for a fact that he's playing this week, and that he was begging to get into Southwind. Uh, sorry, that he'll get in. He's definitely playing the Memorial next week. So those d- he's, uh, he's in those two.
2: It's interesting they made such a big uh, hoo ha on the the. Broadcast over it. So it was as if it was the, the deadline week to make it happen. Yeah, it was, um, no, there,
1: there was a, there was a deadline week.
0: Yeah, yeah. They do two. Cuts he's, he's
2: got two days. more weeks,
0: so I, I take it well, that'll probably be a scenario where he needs lot like, another top twenty finish or something like yeah, that. It depends what top ten finish. depends what's dropping. Yeah I I, maybe, yeah, I I think the logic with Scott is right. Yeah. He's close, mm. very very close. He just needs an average putting week.
2: Can I ask something? Or I don't know whether this is hitting me um, more so than somebody else, uh, or whether I'm only hearing what I want to hear. But another thing on the broadcasts, I've noticed it quite a lot in the last few weeks. They seem to be mentioning money an awful lot more than usual. Am I am I way off base on that, or? Uh, is that something you guys have noticed?
1: In terms of the prize money they're picking out,
2: you mean? Prize money, yeah. I mean, I see articles featuring on Golf Channel now a little bit more focusing on the money. There was the whole thing about Duffner and how much money everybody yeah. said he cost himself, to which his reply was superb, saying, well, my pudding got me to that position in the first place, so what the hell are you talking about?
0: <laughs> yeah, it was never my money, because I hadn't won it yet.
2: A hundred percent, and the best way to approach it, but it seems like, um, it just seems there's a few more a lot more focus on the actual dollars these days than uh, mm. good performance and wins you know uh, it's not it went to
0: the stage the only thing they were mentioning was FedEx Cup points
2: yeah I suppose it's a, that's uh, it was like money
0: to, was the dirty thing that we can't mention because clearly these players don't earn lots of money playing on the PGA Tour But you, I haven't noticed it personally but I can yeah it could be it could be it's something not, not as
1: if the, these guys need it either is it it's you know they're, they're earning an awful
2: lot of money as it is so, <laughs> yeah. yeah no yeah, it's just it just seems like a strange focus when you could you know tell a better story about uh about the tournament itself rather than focusing purely on the financial rewards at the end of the day but that's just my take on it mm. uh, i'm not the biggest fan of it we all know they make an awful lot of money and uh that that is that is the way you kind of keep score to a certain extent at the end of the year but it's not the be all and end all and uh nah. Anyway, that's my take. <laughs> if if um if anybody has any thoughts on that, okay, give us uh, give us all a tweet. Yeah, yeah. Be would uh, be good little debate to have. Mm,
0: definitely yeah, absolutely. Yeah. What about you, Paul? Uh
1: I'm back two today. One of which is Zach Johnson. The fifty to one price was um that that's just too long. You've got to take that. Um, it won't be around for a great deal longer. Um so um, we better wrap this podcast up. Then. <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah, empty empty your piggy bank out. No, um, Zach, Zach at fifty. Given he's won a couple of times here, um, and uh, he's been playing some decent golf. Fifth in Texas a few weeks back as well, wasn't he? So um, mm-hmm. it was only his putting at the uh, the players, and uh, before that he'd been putting really well. So I, I, I like the logic there, and uh, yeah, you got to take that. The other one I've backed is Martin Pillar, and I think I backed Pillar. <laughs> you love
0: Pillar, don't yeah, you?
1: Yeah, yeah. I think I backed him at Texas last time, and he missed the cut. Um, but then, bomb alert! Bomb <laughs> alert! Um, Two hundred and fifty to one. I've taken I in mean, seven places. Um, with coral, that was and uh, last week he started off 69-63 so um, he was mm. playing particularly well for the first couple of rounds and then uh, kind of dropped away finished 21st at the end so not 20. I watched him
0: last night he, did, he didn't make birdie on the first and he walked off there like he's chewing on a thistle yeah, it's all right, and then I went to bed after about six holes and uh, I woke up in the morning he was about 38 yeah, and on the uh, leaderboard yeah 21st he
1: finished I mean he's from, for, yeah. from Fort Worth so I think yeah. that he may well get those positive vibes from being back in his hometown Town. Finished sixth here on debut back in 2016, and one of the comments you made earlier, Steve, about these this trend of players having a top 10 performance here in their repertoire, um, I like that correlation with that. pillar's finished
0: top 10 here, is it? He? Sixth
1: on sixth on debut on 2016. Yeah.
0: Wow. So there's a few little pointers. Yeah,
1: absolutely. Yeah, a few little
0: little pointers. And if that does play easier. There's going to be no wind, and yeah. you know, as we've said, I cannot see a scenario where they let that. They cannot let this golf course go. Mm. Now, thirty six to thirty eight degrees is hellishly hot, yeah. so I think that it, I think it's going to be scoreable this week, mm. and that really does that's Pillar's wheelhouse, as we even we saw last week, didn't yeah. we? Give him a birdie fest, and he's right in the mark he's right in the mix. Yeah, I thought two hundred and fifty to one, it was worth uh, worth having a, a little punt on. So, mm. absolutely. Well, thank you for your time, gentlemen. A good week of golf betting lies ahead. That's undoubted. Um, We will be back again next week, of course, for the next episode of the Golf Betting System Podcast. We'll be featuring next week, unless my memory's gone completely. uh, It's going to be the Italian Open, and yeah, that's right, and then and the Jack Nicholas Memorial Tournament. So another great week next week. Thanks, guys. See you again soon.